In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. This episode of Betch's Brides is brought to you by Batch to Basic. You're about to thank me, anyone planning a bachelorette party. So Batch to Basic is your one-stop shop for planning bachelorette parties that the bride and the bridal party can actually enjoy without an endless email thread. Right now, Batch to Basic is offering Betch's bride listeners a special treat. Go to batchtobasic.com. That's B-A-C-H-T-O basic.com right now and reference Betch's when filling out your inquiry form. And your group will receive stylish retro heart sunnies for each guest and a personalized sash for the bride. Again, go to batch2basic.com right now and start planning your bachelor party today. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. What up, Betches? Welcome back to another episode of our weekly podcast, Betches Brides. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and today we have a very special episode because we are talking about, well, it's, it's going to be a money episode. Money, honey, investments, all that good adult stuff that we need to do during a wedding and then definitely post-wedding. But it's also special because we have, I love having my bosses around. No, I don't get nervous at all. Um, my boss, Ashley's here. Hey, girl. Hi. Okay, and we have her dad, father of the bride, um, with us today because... You are an actual financial advisor. Let me give your actual title. Keith Fern, Director Investments, Private Client Division, Oppen- at Oppenheimer and Company, Inc. Yes? Did I get that right? Yes, you got it right. Okay. That's a long title. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not used to those long titles in like this millennium it's generation. It's old school. It's old school. Um, which is good because we want, I mean, old school, old school money advice. That's what I'm talking about. So... You're here to help us talk about money, investments, I mean, all that stuff that really comes to fruition in your late 20s, early 30s, when you're doing something as adult as getting married. So we're going to get to all that stuff. We've got tons of advice for you guys. But first things first, I want to like talk about y'all's dynamic. And I also love that we have a father of the bride here with the bride talking about the money in the wedding because quite frankly... My dad and I still don't talk about how much money he spent on my wedding. And actually, I spent a lot more than he even knows. So the fact that you guys have an open dialogue is amazing. So how do you get away with that? My he mom. manages the money. <laughs> oh, well. My, like, literally, my mom just said, we're not going to tell daddy how much we spent on the wedding, okay? Okay. That was the rule. But, like, we don't talk about it. But I think it is such an important thing to have that open communication when it comes to planning a wedding. So first things first, before we get into any of that, um, Keith, I want to ask you, what is it that your daughter does here at Betches, in your opinion? Um, in my terms or your terms? I guess, do it in your terms first. My terms <laughs> is that she expands brands, uh, other brands' awareness through Instagram, yeah. through the computer. She does. Through podcasts. <laughs> yes. So it's like old school, modernized public relations. Oh, that's actually very good. And I feel that's like very accurate. That's better than I thought. <laughs> Um, okay, you. Ashley, what does your dad do? Tell people how to spend and not spend their money. Keith? 
Somewhat. <laughs> Mainly to protect their money, save and invest for a goal. Uh-huh. There's different goals based on the stages of your life. Yep. You know, you, she just got married, so before that, I was doing the saving for her goal. Yes. Now she's married, it's new goals coming in. So would you say, Keith, that it's like a general rule of thumb that when you get married, it's kind of the time to start ponying up, being an adult, and like being smart with your money? Yes, have some balance, enjoy your life because you're young, you're not going to get those years back, but you have to start saving. I mean, one thing I would suggest is if you work for a company and they have a 401k plan, yes, budget yourself to put an amount in there because you're, you're probably going to get a match by that company also at the end of the year. Exactly. And if you do it every week or every two weeks while you get paid, you're not going to feel it too much. Right, exactly. But when you don't put, when you put the least amount you can ever put in, and then you get fired by said company, that's from my previous job, then uh, you realize you have absolutely nothing in your 401k. Like, <laughs> literally my birth bonds had like more money than 401k. So, listen to Keith on that one. And one other point about that, also people think if you put into a 401k and then you want to save for a house or an apartment, mm-hmm. you, first time homeowners are allowed to use that money. First without time. A pen, yeah, first time homeowners. Yep. So. Okay, we'll get into that nitty gritty in right. just a little bit. Okay, but first things first. Okay, so what was it like planning a wedding with your daughter, Ashley? Was it fun? Was it emotional? Was it stressful? Everything. Was it expensive? <laughs> um, everything amazing, exciting, exhilarating. Um, I really enjoyed my daughter negotiating <laughs> and not being taken advantage of people and getting what she wanted and having people listen and making it perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Ashley and I... We, as I said in the toast, we don't take any crap from anyone, <laughs> and we stand up for each other, and we're our both our best advocates. So, so it sounds like you guys were like a, you were a very well operating duo. You oh guys yeah, were, you guys were on the same page. You weren't like fighting with yeah, each I follow, other. I followed her directions. I was like, all right, these people want to charge us like X amount of money. This is bullshit. He's like, yeah, that is all right. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna like see if I can get it for less. And then I would like negotiate and come back. I'm like, guess what? And he's like, I'm so proud. Wait, you know the movie Clueless when she negotiates her grades from yes, like C's yeah, to A's? Yeah. Is yeah. that like y'all's? relationship <laughs> yes but i would actually have had to like do extra work to get the grade and not just be like um can i have a better grade <laughs> <laughs> but i guess she did like that charity thing yes totally totally he was like i couldn't be prouder than if these grades were based on actual merit he's yeah. like the fact that you negotiated them makes like me so proud you know what? we should learn seriously how to go how to negotiate especially with finances and stuff in high school indefinitely in college I mean, in life i mean it's a course that i think that we never learned we we don't it's basically maybe get a course on street smarts <laughs> I, I will take that course i won't teach that course keith you'll teach that course we'll take that i'm course. learning that but it's you know it's very important <laughs> okay so what was your favorite part about the wedding i had two things uh actually I had a few things walking down my daughter was the best that's something that you'll never forget never uh, and the uh, first dance Oh, God. What was your song? Uh, you Are the Best Thing. And then we oh. did it with Justin's mom at the same time. I love that. Okay, what was the most surprising part of the wedding? How much everything cost? <laughs> How fast it went because yeah. you're planning for over a year and then in like six or seven hours it's over with. It's sad. Did you? I asked Ashley this opposed to her wedding. Did she get the post-wedding depression? Did you get the post-wedding depression? I got the post-wedding tiredness. <laughs> I didn't get depression. I was on a high the whole time. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, in life, you have few joyous occasions of that magnitude. True. Maybe a childbirth, a grandchild, or yep. 
a marriage, and it's you know, I think it went perfectly. I mean, I think the one drawback is that everyone's a little stressed beforehand because uh-huh. it's like you're an actor or an actress. You think you're making a performance, but it was <laughs> it was great. I mean, I thought it was awesome. Um, were you getting bills still after the wedding was over? No, my bills are good. I'm okay, good. go. We had a hard limit. So yeah. how did you guys negotiate? I mean, like, seriously, would you say that everything that you tried to negotiate, you kind of got your way or you at least like got Like with down? each other or with the vendor? With the vendor. Um, I did a lot of vendor shopping uh-huh. because I was like told things that were like insanely priced that I didn't really believe were worth it. So uh-huh. I kind of shopped around a lot and then I told other vendors what prices were for other people and I kind of lied about them and said they were lower if I wanted to work with this specific vendor to be like hey listen like I'm going to take my business elsewhere like here's you know I'm getting this quote from someone else and like they don't know and they're lying to you anyway their numbers are all inflated so it's a bunch of lying until you get what you want did you teach Ashley how to negotiate um I've taught Ashley how to negotiate but I think she surpassed me I have. I think my dad has never paid the full bill for the cable or the internet in my entire life. I, I always know if you call and you complain about anything with either of those things, they give you a credit. They do. If you look at my AT&T account, oh, I hope they're not listening, but <laughs> uh, they think that I am a professor at Penn State. So I get a, um, a teacher discount of about like 12 or 18% <laughs> off the bill every How? month. You know what? I went in college with my grandma to an AT&T store because I was in Pennsylvania, like Penn State, the middle of nowhere. So on break, I came back and this like older man was working there and he was flirting with her so much. And then he just gave me this discount. <laughs> and it was all grandma. I really can't take flirting credit Flirting with my mom? With your mother at AT&T. Uh-uh. Not even a discount on her own bill. Need on my bill. Well, you're on the bill too, so... <laughs> Speaking of the bill, I now pay for my own phone bill. So that was a rude when awakening. When did you take that over? The day I got married. There you go. See? It's time and you know adults. what? Brittany in the office has a... He's one. He's older than one. And she doesn't pay her own phone bill. And that's like the one thing I've been holding on to. Like, Brittany has a kid and she's married. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> you pay your own phone bill. You, get, you know what? You have to have a little tough love. Just a little. Okay. So I want to talk about something that's uncomfortable. But we have to talk about it. How did you guys decide on the wedding budget, like what you were going to contribute, Keith? It's basically, we decided pretty easy. I told her what I could afford to spend, yep. and we were in agreement right away. Oh, I mean, you were? Yeah. When my mom told me what my dad said I could spend, I burst into tears on the sidewalk of New York City. And I said, Anything's I better than zero. Anything's better than zero. I'm a fucking brat. So, um, so, you, so he gave you a number, and you were like, perfect. We're on the same page. Um, it was more than I thought. So yeah, I was very grateful nice and appreciative. Case. It's a lot to spend on. <laughs> I only have on one daughter <laughs> and you want to make it good and fun. And Let me ask you, have you been saving for her wedding like since she was born? I don't know if I was saving specifically for a wedding, but right. I've always been saving. Yes. And because, you know, with my life, I saved and something unfortunate happened. So I learned from that that I, you always need to have money put aside. Okay. So Keith, when you say an emergency, what are you talking about? What happened to you? Um, I was in a car accident right before I was 43 years old when I, at that time I was doing really well in my career. Mm-hmm. I guess in your 40s in our career, that's when you really shine because you're confident. People believe you more. Yep. When you're in 30s, they don't really believe you in investment. I don't know why. It's kind of stereotyped. But, you know, luckily I was smart enough to have savings. I didn't live beyond my means. Mm-hmm. I had insurance. Yes. I missed work for a year and a half. I was able to pay for four hours of physical therapy a day wow you know insurance covered most of it but still out of pocket uh-huh. you know i had to pay for an apartment in florida and i had to pay a mortgage in jericho 
Jeez. Uh, and I was in, and then I went. And to then school. you went to college, but luckily, you know, I had you know most of the money put aside for college. I mean, I would say two thirds. Yeah. But you know, I'd have to say from experience, those college years were a challenge because yeah. I had to get back to work basically, and you know, when I it's kind of weird. I worked in Florida out of my house, which was not the way for my business to network. But once I moved back to New York, you know, my business got better because I was able to see people and get out more. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, luckily from a financial point of view, I mean, it helped because I planned my whole life, but that's probably because I'm in the business. Well, thank God, right? I mean, but that that really is. I mean, that's a real-life lesson on like it would have been so bad had you not had that savings right i mean i would want i would say what we really haven't touched upon here uh-huh. is insurance especially when the millennials start having kids yeah think about life insurance think about disability insurance okay i actually didn't we didn't even touch upon any of those insurances which is but really that's smart. something that's i would speak one-on-one because it gets a little bit more specific what ages do you think we need to start thinking about disability and life insurance Life insurance, as soon as you have a kid, I would say it's okay. automatic. Okay. And I would probably say, and this is just my point of view, is mm-hmm. I would take it on both of you because there's different scenarios. Maybe the, one of the two is a homemaker, and if they're not there, then you have to pay for a homemaker. I mean, there's different right. things that come into play. Right. Um, definitely when you have a kid, you, you should do it right so away. So when you have kids, when you get pregnant, those are the time to do like the insurance stuff. And getting back, it's similar to the 401k. See if it works. They have a disability policy. Right. It's not that And if expen- they do, take advantage of it. You have to, even though you're going to be, look, I never thought, I was, as you will tell you, I went 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I played basketball, tennis, ran, and then I took my kids out and did stuff for them for five hours a day and never got tired. <laughs> I'm the only one who went to an island and never laid down at the beach. I mean, I was <laughs> playing golf at 8 to 12, then going running and taking my kids in the pool for six hours. So, yep. But it's, you know, it's everything in, with financial, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's a sacrifice because you're taking from joy to save for something down the road that may or may not happen. Exactly. Retirement will happen. Right. You know, layoffs could happen. The economy's uh. good now. You have to prepare and, you know. Life's expensive. I mean, yep. And when those when those emergency moments happen, you know, yours was an accident. I got fired from my job, like totally out of the blue. It's like you, those oh shit moments. You're really happy that you pulled away from the joy of in the moment to save right. for the inevitable or, or potential emergency situation, because then you can kind of still right. keep and moving you know, forward. And in life, I mean, you want to keep your dignity. You mm-hmm. don't want to really rely on others. And mm-hmm. just, you know, it's your daughter. She's your baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's corny, but she's my baby. Yep. My son's my baby. And, you know, you want to give them the best. I mean, my parents installed that in me. I yep. mean, to me, look, I probably, in my mind, the wedding was too expensive, but <laughs> it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Right. You know, you look at little kids' birthday parties now. They're crazy. They're crazy. They're crazy. They're crazy. But everything. They're many ways. But how many... You know, I think if you could, as I said, as long as it doesn't give you stress, mm-hmm. then you you should go for it. Once it gets to stress, it's going to take away from the joy. Yep. So why do you, you, you got to, you know, stop? And luckily, we've been all agreeable and we all, both families chipped in. So we got lucky. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. 
for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code brides20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code brides20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code brides20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Okay, so did you guys um, split the wedding costs with your now in-laws? Um, not to get too personally, they were very generous. That's great. And I didn't. And the, the beauty of it was, I didn't ask for anything. They volunteered. So, oh well, isn't that the best? Yeah. Right. So there was never. I mean, it's kind of rare. We never had a discussion. And I, yeah, um, did you guys ever like speak about? Did you have no. one phone call? No, it was pretty straight up. It went from the beginning because even the night when we had the engagement dinner, it was just automatically one did one and one did the other. So yeah. it was just kind of. Don't you think it's kind of becoming outdated that the father of the bride should have to foot the entire bill for the wedding? What are your thoughts on that? I think for most part, except for one f- friend, I won't mention his name, who's... Daughter huge. definitely listens to this podcast. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> for the most part, every wedding that I've heard about through my friends and their family is that they're sharing to some degree. Yeah, I think that's the right thing to do. That's what happened. I mean, a lot of times now, the bride and the groom-to-be are also contributing. Oh, we yeah, we paid 25%. I yeah. I would say 25% to 30%. About 25 yeah. For mine, we did a third. My parents, a third. His parents, a third. Us. Yeah, that's what we... Uh, no, I guess I wouldn't... That's why I don't do the math. No, it's about... <laughs> I would say you did about 25%. I that's mean. significant. Yeah. Okay, so where did you draw the line with financial assistance at your own kid's wedding? I think... We draw a line where, for not just for me, but for both sides, it's whatever's going to give you stress. It's not worth it because it's going to take away from the joy from the wedding. Right. So you got to figure out, I guess, in priority, what's the most important: band, flowers, well, photography, video. You know what's going to mean. What is? Right, and I guess it's an individual decision. Mm-hmm. But so for us, like the band was the most important. Yep, and that's a good one. To I would important. say the least important was the video. Yep, which. I feel like is a random thing to say, but like that is very expensive and no one I know is going to sit around no. and watch like an over an hour video. I also feel like it kind of like taints your memory of the event if you have this video footage to like look at, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, oh, why do I look like that in that frame or whatever? So we got a trailer made that's six minutes long. That's kind of just like a highlight reel. I think it's much better. You don't need like half an hour video. It's too much on, so you're not going to want to watch because it. Because you're no. not going to watch it. None of my friends have watched their videos in no. 20 years. S- same. They so, watched it, it the first year, and then maybe they watch it at the fifth anniversary, and then the 10th anniversary. Yeah. It's an easy place to save money, especially, I think, in New York, where like all those prices are jacked up. So, Keith, what was your decision-making pro- uh, process when you were deciding how much you were going to tell Ashley she was getting for the wedding? Like, what did you, how did you go through that process? We're not going to say the exact number, but just the process itself. The process is I did a little research, but mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't completely accurate. I spoke to other people what their weddings cost, mm-hmm. and I kind of assumed, maybe not rightly, that I would get a little assistance from the other side, and 
things just kind of fell into place. I mean, it wasn't like a long process. What was the most shocking thing that you discovered when planning the wedding cost-wise? Like, what were you the most like, that cost what? Lighting, flowers. Yeah, the dress. The dress. No, the dress I kind of knew. because The we're dress, in the- you knew? You were at my apartment. We had an apartment warming that night. I found the dress. The 100th, as everyone knows who listens to this podcast, the dress is the worst part for me. And this, was, <laughs> this dress was like the top of the budget line, like to the dollar. And I was like, whatever, I'm so done with this. This dress is like fine. And I came and I told my dad, and he goes, it's what? You don't remember that? It was I do double. Rem- I do remember, but it's coming from a smaller number than the flowers and the decoration. Right, right, and I'm right. An- and I'm a numbers person. Yes. So 50% more on flowers is, 50, is a lot more than 50% more than a dress. Right. Percentage-wise, it's the same. But dollar-wise, I looked at the dollars. I go, okay, I think of like the experience. I would rather like the guests have better flowers to look at and me have a cheaper dress. Like I can't believe that's how much like one item of clothing you're going to wear once in your whole life goes for. <laughs> but that's where you get back to. They know that you're a captive bride. It's like you're going to get married hopefully once and they, they have you. Yeah. What are unnecessary and necessary splurges when it comes to a wedding, in your opinions? I bet you're going to have differences of opinions on that. <sighs> you, it seems like you agree on the band, that that's a necessary splurge. I mean, I think flowers are insane. I think they look really nice and they add to the whole vibe, but like they're very expensive. Um, I know like we had fake flowers somewhat dispersed throughout our hoopah. Um, and that saves on cost. Uh, yeah significantly but according to gertie on her episode if you can touch the flowers they should not be fake (laughs) (laughs) but we're kind of in agreement i would say flowers because i'd rather spend the extra on a band because they set the whole tone yeah totally that's like where that's what everybody remembers Mm -hmm. they might look at the flowers but like i i couldn't tell you a flower at any of the last things i've been to in the last year you just know if they're nice or not i think you're not like oh they had like this type of flower but a band like people are still talking about our band we had um Atomic Funk Project from Live Music Pros. They're based in New York. They're like a much smaller boutique funk band. And like everyone here uses, what are they, Hank Lane. Oh my God, that's so funny. When I was planning my wedding, we, right, we went because to, oh shit, we use that, Hank Lane. Oops. Yeah, that's the thing. Everyone here uses them. And like they kind of are hung up on their reputation where they don't really go above and beyond for you. And like Atomic Funk Project, like literally like they were so accessible. I emailed them. They emailed me five minutes later. If I want to text them, DM them, email them, get on the phone, like walk through the set list. Like they were very accommodating. And I feel like it's because my dad said that you should use a more new place because they're they're hungrier. Yeah. Yeah, And they'll do more themselves. And they did prove themselves. And you know what? People getting back to the flowers. None of my friends said, Oh, wow, those are great flowers. Where'd yeah. you get them? They go, where'd you get that band? Exactly. I mean, that you know, I want my daughter's party to be up and dancing the whole night. So the band is the most important, I think. So seeing how the whole night happened, what are, like, give me, like, three places that you would have, like, cut back on costs, like, if you could now. But realistically so. Like, would you just get rid of the videographer? Yeah. Okay. Good to know. What else? Give me two more. Um, I centerpieces. I don't know. They don't have to be yeah, that. Yeah, like, would you like knock out centerpieces? Yeah, I would knock out centerpieces. But for me, <sighs> you wouldn't. But for me, they don't make a big deal because no one was sitting down that much. Exactly. Everyone was up the whole time. It's a good point. Um, the one thing I did splurge on was like the party bus that we were on for less than an hour, which I didn't even tell my dad how much this cost because I paid for it myself. But my friend had it at her wedding, and I was like, "This is so cool! I need this party bus. There's a bartender. There's lights. <laughs> it's like it's it was like two thousand oh, dollars, and we were actually, on it for like an hour. Oh but we needed to get from the venue to the photos and you then do. back, and it was nice time to spend with your bridal party before like your chaotic and like all that stuff. And like we kind of drove around. It was fun, but like that was 
you should not pay that. Yeah, or like that. in retrospect, you could easily have done without. Yeah. But it was really fun. But it was really <laughs> fun. Okay. How much, Keith, in your opinion, is too much to spend on a wedding? And I am going to ask you for a dollar amount on this one. How much How as much a is total? Too much? Like in general. Not in your share, total. Yeah, yeah. Like total on a wedding. I mean, I'm going gonna... I mean, to kind of cop out. It depends on your net worth. I mean, I would do it more as a percentage. I mean, okay. So give us a percentage. Not more than 10% of your savings? or Whoa, interesting. Not more than 10% of your savings. I mean, I'm just savings. trying to guesstimate here, but... Right. No, I think that's great that, advice. And not anything that you're going to go into debt for. Right. It's a very big mistake to start off your life Why are you going to start a wedding? I mean, debt. I would think couples already start off with student loans and maybe some other debt. Why are you going to add to it? Well, we'll be talking about that because my girlfriend and I have some debt, then we got to, I need your help. Okay, so what about, now I'm thinking, so I had a wedding, my, you know, it was paid for by my now ex-husband's parents, us, and then my parents. I'm a divorcee now, and now my next wedding, I will be paying for for myself. So for me, what are tips for saving for the wedding if you're paying it for yourself? Because I know there are some people that are, you know, the bride and the groom pay for everything. So is it the same thing? Is it still 10% of your savings? Because at that point, like, I don't have well, much Well, no, savings. I would say for you now, you have a goal in, let's say, a year or two years. Yeah. Cut back on your living expenses. Okay. You know, cut back on your entertainment. I mean, simple things. I mean, get back to basics. Bring in lunch every day. Oh, I know. No, this I is know. tough love, but also cut back on the Starbucks. I mean, if you bring your lunch in every day, that's $12. You got to think in numbers. I'm a number I spend $16 on lunch. So that's $80 a week. That's $4,000 a year. Four thousand a year, and if that's times I could buy two, a bag, with right? That, then that's eight thousand, and that's just friggin' lunch. Then if you're and also, throw in the Starbucks, oh, forget that. I mean, that's like a, that's that's, that's a cool ten dollar a day, cool to ten. And $10. you gotta be. It's funny because in my office now, I go to lunch now more downstairs, but they're suave. They're smart because they don't take cash, so they only take the debit cards, yep. or the credit cards. So you know, with that sandwich, you're gonna get a soup. Yep. Because you don't have to worry about the money. And then you get your credit card or your debit card to go, wow. It doesn't feel real when you're just putting plastic in a machine. Yeah. It's the danger of us. This like credit card community and like culture that we live in. Okay. So let's kick off merging finances. So post-wedding, then this is like it's we're adults now, right? Ashley now has to pay her own phone bill because she's a bona fide right. adult now that she's a wife. So let's talk about how we are merging our finances as a couple, especially if somebody has some student loan debt, the other one doesn't. How do we consolidate all of that? Is it just really case by case or is it specific? I think it's case by case, but I think, you know, couples know the situation. Um, I would think if you're married and, you, you know, it's a love and it's a commitment, you're going to help each other pay off each other's debt and as best you can. Oh, you know, see, this is really hidden close to home. Okay. Who has debt? Your, your, My your. girlfriend has, um, she has college debt. And, um, and I'm like, you know, it's quite frankly, like, overwhelming. Sure. So what we've kind of done in our relationship, and we're not engaged yet or married, but what we've done thus far is like, basically, we make about the same a year. I make a little bit more right now. And so um, I pay more of our rent so that she can like steadily pay off her student loan. So essentially, like we're both paying the same quote unquote, um, what's it called? Keith, fixed 
annual month, right. th- monthly But you're substituting fixed. one for another. Precisely. So you basically, you, you are helping her. So Indi- I am. That indirectly. Counts, right? Of course it does. So Be- indirectly, that's how I Well, help. that's a good approach. It's, it's and then you know things. the way you're doing it is keeping her dignity and you're just doing it subtly and it's part of a budget. But like I like if I had to give her money towards her student loan debt, it would infuriate me. You wouldn't do me. it. Yes. It, it, is, that, is that selfish of me to say or do you think that most people feel like that? How I think, most I think most people debt? feel that way, but they maybe not express it, but everyone feels that way, of course. Right. Exactly. I know, but then I feel like I don't have student loan debt, so I feel like it's, ugh, I feel bad, so then I want to contribute. So that's the way that we do it so that I don't like go mental when we get into a right. fight. Ashley, do you have any of that? Um, I was never allowed to have debt in my life, and I <laughs> literally have worked since I was 14 years old. And what's only harder than having a financial adv- advisor as a father is having someone who works in finance as your husband oh my god so throughout <laughs> the whole wedding process i'm like just put it on the credit card and he's like no you had to pay in cash because then you can avoid tax which people in the bride's instagram community keep telling me is like don't do that don't pay in cash to avoid tax okay all of you are wrong you know you're absolutely wrong you i mean avoiding to- tax is like my life goal uh yeah <laughs> anything you can pay in cash to avoid more money yes you have you to think do. in numbers i mean she's because eight percent of let's say Forty thousand dollars. It's over three thousand dollars. Exactly. You I know. like the way your brain works. Right, but that's how You're you like have a human to human calculator. No, but that's how I think because it's you know it sacrifices. It's being aggressive to protect yourself. Yep, you have to. What do you think about newlyweds combining their bank accounts? What's your advice? Do you think keep it separate or or merge it together? I don't think there's an advantage to combine them. I don't either, right? It's Keep like them an old mentality. And you know what though? Wait, tell them why Wait, you I'll should separate it. Thing. No, tell well, them the answer se- you had well, on the paper. Well, one of my answers <laughs> you is tell. that half marriage is ending divorce, so they this do. is easy. But the other thing is, you know, sometimes with banks, they'll give you, a, if you open two accounts, maybe they'll give you something extra. Sometimes they give you $100 for opening accounts, so now you get $200. You open two accounts. So I'm at Chase Bank, and Justin was at PNC, and then he... Came, I like referred him to Chase Bank so then they gave me a reward or like right, they gave me points uh-huh. and then they gave him a reward and then we like got money yeah I think we got $500 for opening some account I believe together. it like an additional right, account that's what Not, I'm I, mine's still separate so then after we're married whether we decide to have joint or separate whatever even if you have separate bank accounts, you're still sharing a financial future together, yes. right? So what should you do with your money? What should we be doing with, with, with our money? Should we be saving immediately, paying off debt immediately? Should we be investing immediately, college fund? What? I would say first pay off your debt okay. to some degree. That's, so, so that's if you have debt, your number one focus is get rid of debt. Right. <laughs> then okay. if you're covered by a plan, mm-hmm. then contribute to that plan. Okay, like a 401k. If right. If you're self-employed. Yes, I am. Then you need to probably do a SEP, which is a simplified employee pension where you could put money away. Okay. That would reduce your income and then would reduce your taxes. My girlfriend's sister's husband, who I adore and look up to and admire, he's like, he's deemed himself my financial advisor. And I'm right. like, no, I'm, I'm going to fire you and Keith's my financial advisor <laughs> now. So, but he's always on me for this SEP thing. Right. And he's like, he's a really smart, savvy person with his money. And the amounts he wants me to put in make me want to punch him in the face. Maybe. So like, what should I be putting in to that? Because I know 401k, it's like they match. It's like, I'm so, I'm kicking myself that I didn't take advantage of it when I was at a public company. Well, the advantage of the SEP is going to reduce your income, first of all. So it's going to cut your taxes. The money's going to build up tax deferred. Oh, I like that. Um, you need to put what you're comfortable with. That you're going to continue. What would you say is the goal? Five to ten percent. We're talking in percentages again. Yeah, of because my a salary. <laughs> 
but something that you're going to do. And don't wait till a lot of people wait till April 15th oh, to God. do it for the preceding year. Yep. Start early and then put a little in monthly or quarterly so it doesn't come into a big lump sum at the end of the year. Okay, so Keith, I'm going to tell you this. Every time I get a paycheck, because I am like essentially freelance, right? I work for myself. I pull out 30% of ev- every single paycheck and I immediately put into savings so I can pay my taxes because right. that's a real motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, double, yeah, It'll of get course. Yeah. Okay, but now on top of that, I have to pull out another 5 to 10%. But you have to realize when you take 10%, let's say you make 50000 it's a number easily divisible. Yes. If you took... 10% out, now you're going to be taxed on 45000 Right. So, so you're getting then, a tax benefit. So then should I stop pulling that 30? No, you should pull out the 30 and then during the year allocate money towards yourself. Okay. Okay. I mean, listen, it, 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 the truth is it is more painless that way. And when you look back in five years and you have uh, some money towards retirement, right. that's a good thing. Let, let's talk about retirement. Is that like, a, is that something that millennials we're worried about? And that's something that we're like, we should be like focusing on? Because we don't, we like to travel. We'd rather travel and re- like live our retirement now than like when it's actually retirement time. Well, it's tough because, you know, at this stage, like I'm comparing to my daughter, she doesn't have a family yet. Right. So since she doesn't have kids, she should focus on retirement because once they have a child, then they're going to focus on education. Right. And then there's avenues what you can do to plan for that. But you should definitely focus on retirement now because, listen, I'm 58. I'm going to next year, if I needed to, I could take out of my IRA. Uh-huh. I, and that's from 35 years of savings. Right. And that's a nice, you know, it supplements your life and that's extra money. So we should be pulling that 5 to 10% out and not going on vacations, right? I think you need balance in your life. I'm not telling you not to go on vacations okay. because, you know, I'll say this candidly. When I was young, I worried too much about money and I didn't go to enough vacations. Okay. So I think you have to meet in the middle. Until I got into my late 30s and Ashley would attest to this, we started to travel more. And those are good memories. Those are what you need. It's, life is full of experiences. So. Well, let's talk about lifestyle, speaking of that. So what do we think about buying an apartment versus renting an apartment? I feel like Gen X or baby boomer generation would say, like, my parents are like, you're throwing your money away with rent. Whereas I kind of feel like, well, I'm paying for service and the service is to live in this space in New York City. So, you know, I'm in a position now where I'm starting to think more and more about purchasing a home. But, you know, is that, in your opinion, is that like really important to do right after you get married? Or what's like the time span that you would say? You know, it's different in every geographical area because New York is so expensive compared to other states and other cities. But I think you have to, you know, speak to your accountant and see after tax what's the best way to do this. Because, you know, there are tax savings by owning it, but they were reduced by the last tax law. So you have to figure out, you know, are you going to be able to make these mortgage payments? Are you going to be able to make your maintenance payments because the maintenance is high in the city? Oh, maintenance is a killer. That's actually why I didn't buy is because maintenance. Maintenance basically makes it's like your your rent goes up. Exactly. So it doesn't just, it felt like it didn't make sense. But on the other hand, you know, interest rates are historically low. That's my mom and dad always say to me. So you have to figure out the calculation. If you can get a mortgage under 4%, that's pretty cheap. I was going to say, well, how do people even afford to buy homes these days? I don't know, Ashley, if you feel the same way as me. We're both New York City and like dwellers, if you will. I'm about to move to Jersey City. So that might, I know, look at your face. So that might, that's like my, that's my step in the direction of right. adulting. I'm my father-in-law make, keeps trying to get us to move to Jersey City. He'll like text Justin like listings. He's like, you guys should move here. And he's like, we're not moving here. I'm trying. But I don't know where he wants to move. You know, it's fair. I'm you know, freaking out, by you know, the way. You know, Ashley and I, we lived in Florida for a while and 
it just affordability was just amazing. It's the best, right? It's yeah. the best. Here is here's outrageous. I mean, here, but you pay for everything culturally, entertainment. Yep. So you're paying for it. I mean, New York has everything. I love New York. It's the greatest city in the world, and but, you pay but, for but it. But we're paying for it, and it's true. So yeah, so we're moving out to Jersey. We're rents a little bit more. But the actual like um, space we're getting is so much, I mean, percentage wise, right. so much better. Um, but yeah, we're also like moving into an area where you might be able to get a place without a maintenance fee. So like we're baby stepping. But like I feel like how do people even afford homes these days? Ashley, do you feel like you're, you're going to ever own a home? It's funny because we were like talking about that. Like we've been talking about it and like I'll but not a home, like an apartment. Is that a home? Yeah, that's a home. I mean, if you own, I guess. Oh, is a two-bedroom apartment in New York the equivalent of like a house in Westchester? Like, is that a, it is is a that great the same question. thing? I mean, it probably costs the Price same. Price-wise, probably no, costs the same. No, but like that's not a home to me. That's an apartment, even I'm if you, you own it. Well, so let's talk about owning. Do but you homes know? also have expenses that, you know, it's a trade-off because you pay maintenance, but your oil burner breaks down or you need landscaping or your roof gets chipped. So homes are constant expenses too. So do you actually think it's a better investment to invest in an apartment than it is in a home or do you think they're just equal, just different? I think they're different. I mean, I'm not really qualified in real estate to give you an opinion, but I think, you know, historically owning a home has been a good investment, but it comes down to affordability and liquidity. But you're saying if we do all the right things and make the right decisions about like our lunchtime choices and coffee choices, it's it is possible for millennials to own homes. Yes. All of us. I mean, but life is right now. It's difficult. Everything's expensive, but incomes are higher. It's sacrifice. It's goals. I mean, I think that what I tell everyone is set your goals and then see the best strategy. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you do, I would start with a budget and see where you can cut back. I'm sure I'm missing things that you could cut back on. Well, I was going to say so. We talked about saying, how much I spend on the gym in yes, a year. Seriously, do you want to know? You don't want to know. I'll know it another time. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about retirement, but what about just saving for like the next five years? Like that could include, you know, maybe getting a better apartment, maybe buying Well, the first something. thing I would do is I would put money in a risk-free investment for like three to six months for an emergency. Risk-free investment. CDs. Okay, CDs. Just be liquid because you don't know. I'm an experience where something did happen. And, you know, I was out of work for a while. Uh-huh. And, but luckily I had money put away. I actually was in the same spot. I got fired from my job at Sirius. And I, I, was, I wasn't going to be able to work for a year because of my non-compete. Luckily I was able to get out of it, which cost me a lot of money with lawyers. Right. Thank God I had that money to survive for like three months. And I would think when you start, and we don't really talk about investments yet, but investing is more of your longer term goals. Mm-hmm. It is going to be fluctuations in the stock market up and down. But historically it's been the best return. Okay, so this is a literal question from an, from the audience. Great. The question is, and I love this question because this is like in my brain, where to invest money, stocks, bonds, gold, cash, or under our mattress? I swear, I, I like, it took so much for me to start investing my money. I had some savings. I like didn't trust banks. I wanted to keep it like at home with me under the mattress, like in a safe somewhere. And then my my business manager was like, you have to invest. This is so ridiculous and so wasteful and so stupid. Well, so I mean, for me, invest. it's tough to give a general answer, but to profile someone, you find out their goals, you find out their risk tolerance, and you find out the liquidity. Mm-hmm. Um, if the money's going to be needed in a short time, I wouldn't put it in anything besides a bank or a CD or a treasury. Okay. Because that limits your maturity and the money's available. Mm-hmm. Retirement for the millennials are 25, 30 years a row away you can invest in stocks and mutual funds because historically that's been the best returns 
But that doesn't mean in one year it's going to be the best return. You're taking it through time periods. So when we're investing in stocks and bonds, we are committing. This is like a long, long game. We're it's playing a long here. goal. Yeah. This is not like we're not playing blackjack, people. Well, put it this way: if I have a client right now who's 17 and the kids are going to college next year, you want to be more conservative. Right. If the kid is two years old, then you want to invest more for growth because you have 16 years. Right. I invest in bonds. I don't really know what that means. All I know is it's not as scary as the stock market. It has some risk to it because if you go out long term and rates go up, then the value of the bond goes down. So what would you say is a good thing to invest in right now? For you or for give me a case that you're looking to do. I mean, that. Oh, Ashley. For Ashley. Um, I would think in Ashley's mind that she's looking to buy a house or an apartment in a couple of years. I would be conservative with that. Uh-huh. I would make sure her and her husband do their 401ks. Uh-huh. I just started. Um, You've been here longer than that. I, I would, I've, you have to do eligibility periods. You can only like enter like okay. twice a year. So when I got hired, I think I like had just missed okay, it. Okay. Okay. So then when I was eligible to like join the 401k, right, then I did it. And by doing it, I mean, I called Justin and my dad and said, what do I do? <laughs> so much so that our HR Shira was out that day and the other two people who also needed to do it. The three of us all have the same thing Did together because we called my dad. Wait, let me ask you this, Ashley. How much did you see come out of your paycheck after the form? Okay, like was it like, was it like horrific or was it like little? Three hundred and fifty three dollars a paycheck. Okay, was that monthly, twice a month? That's what it was the last time I got paid. But you get paid two times a month. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you saw a significant difference, but in your lifestyle. Has it really impacted your lifestyle that much or no? You're just like not spending money on stupid crap. No, it really hasn't affected it. It just like superficially when I see that the number is lower, when I get the direct deposit, I'm like, oh, I could have had that money because then I look at the tax that gets taken out and the tax that comes out is so much money. Yeah. So it's just like another few hundred dollars on top of that. So like you really don't get anywhere close to like what you're Well, you're not going to get short-term gratification on a retirement account. That's the hard thing. That's the hard thing. You know, society wants gratification. At least when you're saving for a house, you know in two years, you're going to probably buy a house or an apartment. But at 29, 30, 31 years old, you're not going to touch this money for almost 30 years. Exactly. You're going to say, I could wait a year or two. But you know what? Time goes fast. Yeah, it does. My previous job before did not have a 401k. And that I was that me not happy the men in my life were like that's not good so when yeah. i had the opportunity to do one here i did it that's where i am now because i had a 401k i did the minimum i could do stupid 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 i'm mad at myself and now you know i'm gonna have to do the what's it called again if you're self-employed a sep simplified employee pension okay um what savings account will grow money savings accounts really don't grow they just pay you an interest rate okay. and based on the rates that you're getting now you're not going to get more than 2%, but you're probably just doing it to protect your money. Um, what percentage of the couple should we be, be reporting into retirement? Is that the same as the 401k or is that different than the 401k? No, I would say it's similar depending what avenue, you know, what's there. Some people don't have 401ks. They could do a regular IRA uh-huh. if they work for a company that doesn't offer it. But I think you need to speak to a financial advisor just to... Is that something that like 30 something year olds can realistically do or is a financial advisor for like somebody who is like it's called, I know they refer to it as wealth management. So I think people in our age think that's wealthy, but maybe we're looking at no, I have clients from all different, you know, incomes and net worth. I mean, I'm on my third generation. Of, so most of these, you know, women and men are, you know, in their early 30s, late 20s. So mm-hmm. they're coming to me from their parents or their grandparents. Yep. So when would you say is a good time to start? investing in meeting with financial advisors 
I like ideally if you could like when you have money that you're not going to need when you have money that you're not going to need okay and how much money should we have in savings for like emergencies three to six months of your income three to six months of your income okay and we need that right you must have that at all and you want that to be risk-free What's risk-free? <laughs> getting back to like a CD that you know the return, it's insured by the bank. You can grab it immediately without right. penalties. Well, you may have a penalty, but you'll get your, you may lose your interest, but you'll get your money back depending on the bank. Okay. Ash, do you have any questions? No, he's my financial advisor. I have no <laughs> questions. I just give him my money, and then um, I get these large envelopes that I never open every single month that go right in the trash. I'm so jealous. <laughs> and it's so funny because my younger clients always say to me, we don't want mail. We want to look it on it online. <laughs> and when I get a referral, I go, I need a statement. I don't want to look it online. <laughs> Those statements are big packages. Yep, they are. They have the big envelopes. I would like put on a show before Justin gave my dad his money to like do whatever he does with it. And I would like pretend I would like read these like huge packets. Like, oh, I'm like so fancy with this. But like, I go in the trash, but now he reads his. You know, what's funny. I think the shredding companies love it the most. Oh, absolutely. Because it goes right Okay, so we have a financial would you rather. Are you familiar with the game would you rather? Okay. I'm going yeah, to give you a scenario and then you're going to pick which scenario you would rather do. And they're okay. probably going to be tough scenarios because that's the fun part of would you rather. Okay. Would you rather save for a future home or splurge on shorter term vacations? We get to all play this, by the way. I'm picking the vacation. I knew she was. This girl loves well, a vacation. I have a home. <laughs> I have a home, so I would rather go on a vacation. What if you didn't have a home? What if you were me? Yeah. I'd probably want to go on one vacation a year. Okay. But, Before even saving for a future home. But I'd probably do a combination, but I don't think you want me to give you that answer. I, you can't. You know what? I'm, I feel like I'm actually doing that right now because, you know, from the honeymoon episode, I'm like all about the points yes. manipulation. Yeah. So, like, we are also saving for our future together and separate accounts, but, like, we also, I'm still making sure we're going on vacation. Yeah. So I guess we're like, doing both. But maybe less than you would want to. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, this is really dating myself. They had a game called Careers, uh-huh. and you had a scorecard. You could have love, which was happiness, fame, or money, but you picked, you know, what you wanted for your priority, and it was, you know, it's sort What'd of like... what you pick? Money? No, back then I wanted fame. Oh, my God! I had a fantasy to be in the NBA, but that didn't work. Okay. <laughs> okay. I would rather... You are tall. I would rather stay for a future home. That's what I would rather do because I'm like home obsessed right now. Like for me, that's kind of, I'm I, like, I'm not even in a position to buy a home right now. And I'm on that, like all those like street easies, like they always like pop up, like in like my price range, whatever. Um, so I, I shockingly would probably pick saving for future home. Okay. Would you rather, um, if you're living in New York city, um, continue renting or look to buy an apartment? That's a great. Would you rather? I just want to know your answer, dad. Yeah. I don't know. Keith. Um, if I had a good rent that was fair, I would probably rent. Yes. What do you think is a good like? What's what's a good rent for New York City? It depends on your income and what you could afford. But I, I mean, I don't think I look at value and I see what these apartments cost for what the space you get. I know. And I know the apartment I live in now, which is in a nice building. If that was in New York, what that would cost, it would be crazy. 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 But is renting really throwing money away? You know, I don't see it that way. I've had discussions with my parents about this. I'm like, I'm paying for a service. It's like saying like 
you know, leasing true. a car is, you know, throwing money away. I, I wasn't mean, allowed to lease a car. I had to buy a car. Yes, exactly. I bought a used well. car. And is, a car is, is how long? That, that car has lasted. That car sits in Long Island because I can't afford to park it in the city. <laughs> no, so there's no mileage on it. <laughs> but that car, yeah. Talk about throwing money away. But yeah. You already own the car, so that's all, yeah. that, it's all that matters. But like people, like it's like if I go out to dinner, I'm wasting money. Yeah, but I'm, it's, you know. You gotta for, eat. I gotta eat. So I feel like the same thing for the rent, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's that black and white. I think it's, you know, case by case. If you could, you know, I, it's different. You don't really have foreclosures in New York City, but in Long Island, a lot of people bought houses through foreclosures. That's how they came through or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a guarantee that your right. house is going to be your investment or like no, your retirement. I agree with you, yeah. And there's no guarantee it's going to go up in value when you want to sell it. Then I'm going to say I would rather continue to rent. Continue to rent, Ashley? Yeah. Keith, renting? Renting. Nice. And last but not least... Uh, where's it better to cut back on shopping or dining out? Would you rather shop or would you rather dine out? Dine out. I would probably say shopping because I can't stand shopping, but. So you would cut shopping? Yeah, I would cut shopping. That was the first place I cut after, you know, like Justin and I were, you know, getting engaged and we went to my dad's with our printed finances and we like presented to them. And like, what'd you say? Like, you guys are fucked. Ashley, you have to stop shopping, is what you said. <laughs> oh, my so God. I, how much, I was, how much were you spending a month in shopping? I, bet, I don't I know. Bet, I bet but so Rob does free returns, and I'm probably their best customer. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, I buy one. Oh, yesterday, I bought two pairs of Lululemon leggings, which I thought was a splurge. But I haven't bought new leggings in two years, and I wear them every single day. Girl, Fabletics. There's not, they're so good. I know. I just... <laughs> These Lulu ones, they last. I wear them to work, then I wear them to the gym. Like, but that was once every two years. That's pretty good. Like, That's very durability. Good. God, I don't know. I mean, I love dining out, but then dining out's meaning that I have to shop more because I keep gaining weight and have to buy new clothes. So it's like a double <laughs> But you also, if you dine out, you have to look good. So you have to buy shopping too. Keith gets me. Delivery. <laughs> that still counts. Oh, that does count. Forget it. I'm just going to like wear a paper bag and just like cook nonstop. And eat out of one. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> This episode of Betch's Brides is brought to you by Batch to Basic. Batch to Basic is an all-inclusive planning service designed to take your bachelor or bachelorette party to the next level. The weeks and months leading up to a wedding are like such an important time to celebrate with your friends and family. But guess what's stressful? Celebrating and planning parties. So basically, Batch to Basic, they take out all the annoying stuff so you can just party harder. And Batch to Basic can accommodate your every need. If you want to hit the bars of Nashville into the wee hours of the morn, or just have like a total chill hotel spa day, mimosas, the whole thing. If you want to have a cabin, a mountain with your favorite meals, literally anything your little heart desires, they've got you covered. All you have to do is just fill out a simple questionnaire and Batch to Basic is going to put together a completely custom bachelorette or bachelor party to make sure your dreams come true. Also, they take care of everything. Booking your hotel. They'll get you resis at the hottest restaurants. Transportation to and from each event. Yeah, see? I bet you didn't even think about that one. Yeah, they've got you covered. Literally, they do all the stuff you don't want to deal with and because they have exclusive industry discounts and connections, they actually can save you money. And today we have a batch to basic tip of the day. Don't have too many cooks in the kitchen. They recommend having one to two people in charge to plan the weekend, whether it be a sibling, maid of honor, planner extraordinaire, the bride herself, it doesn't matter, but one to two and let the rest of the crew chime in only as requested. If 10 plus people are dishing their opinions, the weekend becomes less about the bride and more about the group. There was a cilantro incident at my sister's bachelorette party that I was the maid of honor at. Literally too many cooks in the freaking kitchen. 
Right now, Batch to Basic is offering Betches Bride listeners a special treat. Go to BatchToBasic.com. That's B-A-C-H-T-O Basic.com right now and reference Betches when you fill your inquiry form and your group is going to receive stylish retro heart sunnies for every guest and a personalized sash for the bride, which, you know, muy importantita. A bride without a sash. Is she even a bride? Again, go to BatchToBasics.com. Again, go to batchtobasic.com right now and start planning your bachelor party of your dreams today. Something that we got like a lot of feedback on on our social at Betches Brides is the fact so you are in a scooter and um, a lot of people reached out who have family members with disabilities and they had a lot of questions about how you guys like found venues and are venues accommodating. So can we speak to that a little bit? Yeah, um, I called a lot of places. I asked about like the entrance to like the ballroom, the entrance to like the actual facility itself, like how to get from like the cocktail hour room to the reception room to, I really wanted to get married outside, which Mm -hmm. is obviously difficult. My dad walks with a walker, which I'm sure you guys have seen on the pictures, but it's easier to walk on like flat level ground, like concrete. Yes. And most of these places, their outdoor offerings were on grass or on hills, which like. Hills are the worst for a walker. Yeah. Yeah. Hills. It's funny. It's little things that you'll never think about and I never thought about. Uh-huh. Um, declines. Declines. Inclines are okay with a walker, but declines, you have to teach yourself to stand up. You think that you're going to go forward. Right. But you got to stand up straight. So you have to remind yourself. To counteract it. Right. Yes. And I think, you know, like I've been to weddings, I've been to bar mitzvahs and stuff like that. You want to go there and you want to make it accessible for everyone. Of course. And it comes down to, is the bathroom handicap accessible? Mm-hmm. Whether you take a wheelchair, a scooter, or a walker. I yep. can take the walker in, but I still need bars sometimes. I'm six foot three. Right. You don't want the chair eight inches off the ground. It's something that people don't think about. Yep. Well, you know, look, I greatly appreciated my daughter. She did everything for me at this venue, but it, it's something you got to consider. You and you, you don't trust people on the phone. You need Never. to do walkthroughs. They'll tell you something's accessible, but the way to get from run, one room to the other is through the kitchen, which if you imagine a wedding, they're making all the food there. And like, no, it's we've, hectic. We've it's also greasy. I got to tell you a funny story to interrupt you in this. I'm pretty involved <laughs> in a Miami project. It's a, out of Florida. It's um, Research Secure Paralysis. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to the Waldorf Astoria, and they moved it to a hotel. I forget the, the name. The New York Hilton. Thank Midtown. you. Right. So we used to have to go through the kitchen. Shut up. That's the benefit. To yeah. sit in the benefit. Now, they did a film on me the first year I was there. Because they interviewed me because not many spinal people can stand or take steps. Uh-huh. And I did them a favor, and then I'm going through the kitchen. Yeah. Like, Thanks for the payback, With a guys. little ramp that, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, so it took the joy away from also, me. Also, like, that's the Waldorf Astoria. So, like, yes. that is a very high price point. So, if you think about weddings, like, people who are getting married at the Four Seasons of the Waldorf, just because that they have these big names. Doesn't mean. Doesn't mean they're accessible. You have they, to see it. You have to see it. Do not trust people on the phone. You need to walk. You need to walk through the whole place through the other person because and they'll say that they have it, but they have like the bare minimum. Like, and you know what? Now that we're expanding it, because we said the wall, say all hotels, they'll say the bathroom's accessible. No, of it. course, no. I'm saying like all venues, like they'll because the person giving you these answers is thinking about it from their perspective. Like, right. uh, it's right. not just people in walkers, wheelchairs, scooters. It's older people, yeah, like canes. Things like that. If there's only if there's one set of stairs to go up and down from the bathroom yeah. to the reception room, that's not accessible to well, me. There's a hotel I'm thinking about right now. It's like an old school. I'm not going to say the name, but like 
you have to walk upstairs to get to the actual like the the ballroom. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. Well, that already was. So the place I got married at, the Village Club of Lake Success in Long Island, um, everything was one level. To get from one room to the other was one level. The cocktail hour, the outdoor space was off of the indoor space, and that was one level. Uh-huh. Um, if there was only one time that my dad had a walk or like go somewhere that was different than everyone else was from the ceremony and you just went around the side, which was but a But I had a ramp. It was fine. That's, right, I like, don't have a problem with that. Yeah, right. but that's saying, listen, look, every building's not built level. So just make a ramp. Yep. Make it a smooth ramp because you know what? If you're walking with a walker and there's chips in the concrete, you you know, that walker could, yeah. you know, it's just, you got to look out for yourself. That's just, and that's the same thing with finances and yeah. everything. You have to be your advocate when you make a wedding. Yep, it's so you true. You have to negotiate because there's a big profit margin. They know you're a captive audience. Yep. Do how much as a financial advisor? How much money do you think the wedding industry like marks up? Like when you say wedding versus birthday or whatever, from your professional expertise. I'd say forty to fifty percent. I'm totally with you. It's so crazy. Should we just start planning parties and then we'll announce to everybody that it's a wedding at the very end? <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> um thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. I appreciate it. So guys if you are in the area, Tri-State area, yes, and you are looking for a financial advisor, he's my new financial advisor, Keith Fern, you guys literally can email him keith.fern at opco.com. I got that right, right? Yes. Okay. And then also, we got a phone number. Can they text old you? School. Or do I then call you? No, call me. Okay. Yeah, call yeah. me, please. 516-733-1352. Again, that's 516-733-1352. Keith, you are wonderful. Thank you. And Appreciate I'm not surprised the apple does not fall far Thanks. from the tree. Our day so, is yeah. amazing. You guys are like the same person, legit, by the way. <laughs> Well, in my toast, I was going to say we were the, I did say we were the female and male version. You of literally yeah. are. It's a wild. You guys <laughs> look so much alike. It's a bananas. It's crazy. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much Thanks, for joining. Um, y'all, I hope that answered all your financial questions. There was a lot of very important, good info right there. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And of course, make sure to follow at Betches Brides on Instagram. Batches.